Welcome to the Detailing Down Under podcast, the place for everything auto detailing in Australia right now. Here's your host, Dale Guthrie. G'day and welcome to the Detailing Down Under podcast. I'm your host, Dale Guthrie. Uh, back in to it for another episode. Um, yeah, back home and uh, doing some recordings. So banking in a few, as I say. So um, if you haven't been listening to the last few, you'll probably understand what I've got going on. So um, And I appreciate all the time and that everyone's given up and um, yeah, reaching out to me as well, wanting to come on. So that's been uh, pretty overwhelming, actually. So it's been good. And um, I think it's great for the industry for all uh, to get together and have a chat and listen how we uh, how we do things. So, um, pretty interesting one today. I, I'm, yeah, um, we've got uh, Michael from Atrium Detailing in Melbourne. So he um, he also reached out, which was great. Um, and he had a video that he sent me, which um, we'll probably talk about shortly, but. I don't think it was made just for me, but um, it was quite interesting and um, really great story and background for where he's become from and uh, to what he's into now. And uh, I think it's awesome how what he's got going on. And so, uh, welcome, Michael. Thanks for having me, Dale. That's all right. How's it uh, going? Yeah, good, mate. Good. Just uh, it's funny that you when you were introducing you you pronounced the atrium. I think ninety five percent people that see it always say atrium. It's actually artium. Artium. Um, yeah. So when I came up with the name, um, I yeah, it never occurred to me that people would look at it as atrium. I think because obviously artium is not an English word, so I think mm. probably people sort of you know automatically sort of you know, autocorrect it themselves and, and go atrium. But um, yeah, it's it's artium detailing. I think I reckon you said that in your video too. So <laughs> that went straight over my head that one. But all good, mate. No, yeah. you're not the only one. No, artium. That's good. Um, it's different. So. Um, I was talking to another guy earlier. He was from Melbourne as well. So a lot of Melbourne guys on at the moment, which is good. Um, big industry down there for detailing. And a lot of you guys are, are in a similar area by the looks of it too. So, yeah, it but, is, um, mate. Yeah. And I think it's, it's, a, it's a good little network down here. Like, I mean, I know quite a few detailers, especially in the Southeast, that uh, we all keep in touch. And uh, yeah, it's, a, it's such a supportive community, which um, yeah, makes a massive difference. Yeah, 100%. So, all right. Well, um, We'll dip into your story and um, I'll start off where I usually do. So what got you into detailing? And I know a little bit about it already, but I think it's a very interesting one. So how'd you get into it? Yeah, so um, basically I used to be an accountant. So um, uh, after high school, went to uni, um, started accounting and uh, was a chartered accountant uh, in business and tax services for about 10 years. Um, um and yeah, look, mate, for me, like I just, uh, every year that went by, I just kept questioning, is this for me? Um, and it sort of came to a crossroads where uh, I was looking at sort of, you know, taking the next step in my career as an accountant and sort of either become an associate or a partner at the firm I was at. And um, it was just, yeah, like it uh, didn't feel like it was for me. Um, and so I quit my job and just um, dived in the deep end. I dived in the, into the deep end and um yeah, sort of, like I said, when, when, when I quit my job, I had nothing, uh, no sort of 
detailing business or even background for that matter. So before starting detailing, I used to work on my own cars, um, you know, family's cars and everything. And it was definitely a passion and hobby of mine um, since, since a young kid, you know, growing up, loved cars, you know, watching Fast and the Furious, going to, you know, all the car shows, auto salon and, and um, yeah, loving all those, you know, JDM old school cars. And um, yeah, so it wasn't until, so originally I was from Brisbane, um, moved to Melbourne about three, four years ago. Um, and when I got here, um, yeah, I, I sort of joined the Audi scene because I had an Audi RS3 and um, just met a lot of amazing people, uh, like-minded car enthusiasts and um, yeah, just love the culture. And um, yeah, since sort of starting the detailing business, a lot of them have come through and supported the business. Um, you know, I've done a lot of their cars um, and, you know, just sort of grown that way just through word of mouth referrals. Um, so yeah, I've been really lucky and fortunate to to be able to sort of grow as quick as I have. And um, yeah, but in saying that it definitely has come with its challenges. It's, you know, it hasn't, definitely hasn't been an easy road. It's, uh, we're coming up to our first year in uh, October. So um, yeah, look, I definitely wouldn't change a thing about it. Um, it's been amazing. Yeah, wow. And that's what I was impressed at. from an account. It's probably not the normal route for someone from that sort of area into detailing. And um, so what was with the accounting? Were you not happy or you just, Wanted something else, obviously. Yeah, mate. So, uh, you know, sort of coming from an Asian background, um, it was all like, you know, always sort of academic was always sort of priority. And, um, you know, that was always my path, um, you know, from, from a young age, it's always about academics, you know, going to tutoring and sort of, you know, either become an accountant or a lawyer or a doctor, you know, all those sort of typical kind of things. Um, and yeah, sort of, it was just, uh, it was a means to an end at the time, just, you know, pay the bills, you know, sort of uh, steady income, job security, all that kind of stuff um, that sort of had been ingrained in me as a young kid. Um, but yeah, sort of as I grew older and older, I started sort of, you know, questioning a lot of things and, you know, sort of finding, you know, who I am and figuring out who I am as a person and what I love. Um, and yeah, it's just, like I said, it's just, I could not see myself being an accountant for the rest of my life. Um, and I thought, you know, like I said, I was at that crossroad where I was like, if I sort of continue down this path, like I'm going to be investing not only like my time and energy, but also like sort of money to buy into the firm and stuff. Is that something that I really want to do? Um, so yeah, like I said, so I had a chat to my wife and like I said, she's been super supportive the whole way through, um, which has been amazing. So even though I'm the, you know, sort of the only one working physically at the shop, it's very much a family business. You know, she's doing all the behind the scenes work, um, with our social media. Um, and you know, most importantly, just the support that I get from her, um, to, you know, sort of pursue this dream. And, um, I always sort of look back and go, like, I kind of laugh and go like, you know, I, I picked an amazing time to start the business because um, at the time that I started the business, we had just given birth to our first child. He was about, uh, what, three, four months old when I quit my job. Um, so, you know, sort of going from two steady incomes with both my wife and I working um, to basically no income. So she, you know, went on maternity leave. I quit my job having a newborn. Um, so it was a massive stage in our life and, you know, sort of throw that in the mix of, you know, quitting my job and starting a brand new business that we knew nothing about. Um, yeah, like I said, it's, it's, it's funny when I look back and I'll go, you know, the, the timing was amazing, you know, it's like, um, you know, with everything going on in our life, but somehow, you know, look, we, we managed and we, we got through it. And like I said, it, it's definitely has its challenges, you know, from, you know, whether you look at it from a financial perspective, um, just the, the, the emotional, but like, you know, there's been a lot, you know, there's been a lot of ups and downs, but, um, it's been a massive learning journey for both of us as well. You know, there's, um, yeah, we've taken a lot away from it and, um, yeah, look, honestly, like I said, if I had my chance to do it all again, I, I wouldn't change a thing. It's, um, it's been amazing. Yeah. That's huge. So 
Where, like, how did you, <clears throat> where were you detailing before? Was it in a, at home in the garage and products-wise? Yeah. What what sort of, you're only just self-taught? Have you done training or how, how did that work? self-taught, mate. I did, uh, so when I bought the RS3, um, I, I met a guy that was uh, another detailer in Melbourne and um, sort of he, you know, he detailed my car and uh, we became mates. And then so um, I sort of worked, I did a course with him for about a week um and so sort of that that's kind of where it kickstarted us and that was back in i'm gonna say 2019 um that was the first proper time where you know i got into actual detailing and when i say actual detailing i mean like with a polisher and you know ceramic coatings and that kind of stuff prior to that you know i had obviously you know washed my car you know decontaminated with um clay bars and you know whatever else wax sealants and all that kind of stuff but prior to that sort of official you know sort of first training um i hadn't really you know touched the polisher before you know i didn't sort of know too much about paint correction or what swells were for that matter um like i said so growing up i just loved keeping my cars clean so it was just a weekend thing where i'd wash it i'd vacuum it and you know i'd, I'd polish it with a you know um like a sealant or a wax or whatever but um, yeah, like I just knew, like like I said, I loved cars and um, I wasn't, you know, I've never had a mechanical mind. So I was like, yeah, I, I don't think I'd ever be able to be a mechanic. Just, I just, you know, don't understand that side of things as much as I love cars. But um, yeah, look, I was like, you know, I've always, I always get complimented on my car. Every time I, you know, go to a car meet or a cruise, people are like, oh man, your car looks amazing. You know, like, I was like, oh, thank you. So, you know, like I said, I can, um, when I, when I'm, you know, wanted to get my car detailed, when I found this detailer, um, yeah, so mate, look, I'm interested in, in you know sort of pursuing this, you know, and at the time it wasn't, I, I didn't, I didn't do it to, I, I like it, the thought process behind it was uh, like I wasn't going to quit my job. It was just going to be an after hours thing, or even just to you know something, something to do as a, as a passion, as a hobby. Mm. Um, so I did that course. I took a week off work. Um, did a did a whole week worth of course with him, and um, yeah, and then, and then I think you know COVID hit um at the time, and so everything sort of got put on the back burner, and then um. You know, I started working from home and then I was like, you know what, like I've got all this free time now, like, you know, we can't go out anywhere, we're being locked down. So I got a couple of um, hoods from the scrapyard, uh, a couple of test bonnets and everything. And I just, yeah, sort of just started trying products. You know, I bought a secondhand polisher, um, got myself some pads and all these stuff, like, you know, and I'm the kind of person I love trying everything, all the kind of different brands <laughs> and uh, everything that they offer. So, um, you know, I've, I've basically tried it all. And um, yeah, basically uh, after that initial training, basically just sort of self-taught, you know, just making mistakes on these test hoods, you know, sort of pushing into the limit, burning through the paint, and, you know, knowing how much I can actually do um, before, you know, and so, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Because we've, we've had a lot of um, experienced guys on the pod already and um, and this really shows we're, we're, we've got all sorts, like you've only just started and that's that's um, mind-blowing how you've just started and taken it on. So that's pretty impressive yeah yeah no it's uh and you know detailing is one of those things it's, it's constantly evolving um mm. you know like doesn't matter whether you've been doing it for 20 years or, or you know two months it's just um as long as you're sort of you know this is what i believe as long as you're sort of determined and and you know you're willing to learn um i mean look everyone's got to start somewhere i guess right so um yeah no it's um it's like i said i still I, there's still a lot for me to learn and um yeah, like I said, I take it day by day and I just all, I'm constantly trying to improve myself as a detailer, as a business owner, um, offering, you know, sort of better services, better quality of work. Um, that's always sort of at the forefront and my priority um, is making sure, you know, and so uh, when I when I did quit my job, so I quit my job, what, July last year. So from about July up until sort of October where we officially launched, 
um, I sort of took that time to really sort of hone in on my skills, like I said, because, you know, like I said, I've been doing it for a little bit prior to that. Um, after that sort of training in 2019, I did a bit here and there at home. But, um, yeah, for those sort of next three months after I quit my job, um, yeah, really sort of focused on, you know, working on, you know, practicing on a polisher. Um, after I got comfortable working on those test hoods, you know, worked on my cars, um, had some family friends down here, worked on their cars and free. And then so, yeah, sort of built up my confidence up until a point where, I was comfortable and confident with the level of work that I was going to deliver. Um, Cause the last thing I want is to charge a client and deliver subpar work. You know, this is not something that I want to do. Um, and me as a person, I'm quite meticulous and I'm quite picky. Um, you know, I've always, especially with my cars, you know, anyone that knows me and you ask them, like, you know, I love to keep my car clean so I, I feel that my standard of work is very high just because I have such a high standard for myself. Mm. Um, so yeah. Wow. Yeah. No, that's really good. And probably something for anyone up and coming listening that this is probably what it takes to um, to start up really. I know mine probably wasn't like that, but and then some probably can relate to that. So, um, but yeah, like you just try everything and see what works. So, um, yeah, exactly. Everyone's on their, on their own journey, mate. So there's, you know, just because it might work for one person doesn't mean, you know, it'll work for someone else. So, yeah. um, you know, everyone learns things at different paces, you know, some might pick up quicker, some might pick it up slower. So yeah, it's just, um, you know, you do your thing and, and you know, as long as you're sort of putting in the work and doing your best, that's all you can ask for. Yeah, no, that's it. So um, about starting up, the challenges that probably you weren't expecting when you first fired up, you reckon, what, what would you have there? <laughs> the, the one that comes to mind is um my wash bay so when when i was starting i um you know being an accountant i sort of you know factored in everything that i would need to spend to you know the, the initial startup costs and i go yeah okay cool you know we've got some money that's cool um you know it'll be i'll allocate this for that you know it's a bit a bit for marketing a bit for sort of you know the website development um you know a bit for the fit out and buying tools and equipment um something that i didn't consider and that you know it's just one of those things that you know if you don't know you don't know is mm. um in in melbourne i'm sure it's basically the same across the whole of australia but um uh the rules and regulations around the water and the wash bay um so because now i'm, I'm essentially a commercial car wash although no, i'm not a car wash but um technically like the the water is not allowed to flow into the stormwater drainage um, because of all the chemicals and, and dirt and grime and oils so i had to get a petrol and oil and just have to put in so that's something that i'd never factored in um i think it ended up costing me close to 25 30 grand oh wow um just because yeah of the warehouse um it had to be obviously the concrete had to be cut i had to get a, a massive petrol oil interceptor had to be reconcreted with that thing put in and yeah so that was probably one of the biggest i wouldn't say it's a challenge it's just like something that i'd never sort of forecasted or, or you know sort of expected um mm -hmm. so that threw a bit of a spanner into the works but yeah like you know it is what it is um I mean, other than that, starting up is just, yeah, I guess sort of getting that consistency of work. So like I said, now I'm about a year, almost a year, coming up to the one year mark. Um, yeah, like that, that, you know, sort of that. And I guess coming from a sort of full-time job with that job security, knowing that you'll get paid, you know, that you know, every week or every fortnight with that same amount with owning your own business, you don't get that job security. You don't get that sort of financial security. Um, so, I mean, and I'm still sort of, you know, coming to terms with that and trying to, you know, sort of um, be at, you know, be at peace with it almost. Um, just like I said, because, you know, sometimes, you know, I might be booked out for two, three weeks and then all those jobs run out and I get to my last job and I'm like, oh, where's the next one going to come from? You know, and then all of a sudden I get, you know, four calls and I book it in for another, you know, two, three weeks, or whatever it may be. So, um, you know, yeah, now sort of, I'm definitely more comfortable than I was, but just 
to yeah that sort of getting that consistency of work um like i said now i'm fairly comfortable i've got one employee working for me now um so work is pretty steady um which is good so i'm, I'm you know really grateful and really thankful for that um like i said it's been I've had a lot of support from, you know, that that sort of Audi, sort of VW community that I, like, I was a part of when I had the Audi RS3. Um, a lot of those guys became mates. And um, like I said, so I've done a lot of their cars and that word of mouth, that referral program has been amazing. So, mm. Yeah, I talked a lot on our last episode. Um, word of mouth is pretty big. Um, you can probably market um, 100%, but then, yeah, word of mouth um, and then they keep coming back. So that's a that's a big thing. Yeah, yeah, I couldn't agree more. Like word of mouth, you, you can't you can't beat it. But I think you know, the thing with it, it, it takes time. You know, mm. you, you can't rush it, um, and you can't. You know, obviously, you don't pay money for it. And it's just, it just, it, you know, it takes its time. So I, I did speak to like, quite a few detailers when starting up, and a lot of them did say like the first twelve months was very, you know, all over the shop. Um, and it wasn't until sort of that eighteen month mark where things became sort of you know a bit more consistent. Regular work was coming in. Um, people sort of you know know the brand, trust the brand. Um, you know you're getting a bit more. It's a bit of a snowball effect. The more cars you do, the more your name sort of branches out. You know the more people are like, oh, happy to refer you, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. No, you definitely can't buy word of mouth. <laughs> that's for sure. And yeah, we we always don't try to start at the top, but um, you got to work your way up. And that's I think where you start from, you got to start at the bottom and then once you get to the top word of mouth is another thing that comes along with it and you're 100%. and you're off um so what services you um you running there at the moment uh so i started off um as a studio-based detailer so offering just i guess what most details would in the studio so paint correction ceramic coatings um i did make a contact and we do offer in uh, window tinting so i don't do it personally but um, at the start, I was noticing a lot of people asking, hey, do you also do window tinting? I said, no, I don't. So I thought it might be beneficial to sort of add that or, you know, find someone locally that does it, um, that, you know, sort of, um, it like, you know, doesn't really bring me any money at all. I don't put any markup on it. It's more so just to sort of have that complete, almost like a one-stop shop, if you, if you know, if you may be. But um, yeah, so ceramic coatings, paint corrections, interior detailing, uh, headlight restoration, engine bay detail, um, yeah, just most of the regular, you know, sort of detailing stuff. Um, we are looking to expand. Uh, I do want to start offering PDF. Um, I have spoken to a few brands about it. And um, yeah, if it wasn't so, you know, where my wife is pregnant with our second and where she's looking to give birth in November. So um, I'm going to have some time off over sort of November, December. And um, so if it wasn't for that, I probably already had done some training with PPF, but I didn't want to do the training, say now, and then have two months off and then kind of not forget, but, you know, it's just, it's not fresh in my mind. So I thought maybe let's just, you know, put that on hold and then wait till the new year. And then uh, when I get back, you know, we'll, we'll ramp it up and do some PPF training and start offering PPF because, yeah, I've been getting quite a few inquiries as well for PPF. So there's definitely a market for it. Um, and it's, you know, the next big thing, you know. Yeah. Yeah. There's there's an art to doing it as well. And yeah, I I, I, yeah. Yeah. I, I'd imagine so. As you know, yeah. I've spoken to quite a few people again about it. Um, you know, some love it, some hate it. It's just one mm. of those things. And so um, I didn't, yeah. So with, I guess, the approach that I want to take, I don't want to invest everything because I know some people will, you know, they'll go all out and buy a plotter and, and you know, spend all this money for it and then realize, you know, all the crap, I don't really like doing this, you know, so it's mm. a massive investment. So I want to take it sort of, you know, a baby steps and sort of, you know, sort of do the training, um, give myself a couple of months and sort of, again, practice on my own cars, family cars, whatever it may be. Um, and see how I go. You know, and if it's for me, I feel like I'll, I'll you know, find out pretty quick. And if it's not, then 
I might, you know, scrap it or, or find other solutions, maybe hire someone that is experienced at PPS so they can offer it. But um, yeah, it's one of those things, unless you try it, you're never going to know. Um, but yeah, like I said, I have been getting quite a few inquiries about it and it, that's without any advertising or, you know, without any prior um, experience with it. So I feel like if I do start offering it, it, it will take off. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I'm seeing that at the moment with myself. So I'm only in with bush wraps, but... I am now doing boot, uh, bonnets and roofs, so bulk them on. Um, mm-hmm. After doing a few, you get quite comfortable at it. But, yeah, that's how I started. I'm not going to probably go much too bigger into it just yet. But, mm-hmm. yeah, it's a going with bush wraps, just getting in that template that helps uh, hone your skills and stuff like that. So that's where I've just learnt. And I went to their training and then the rest I've sort of self-taught and picked up along the way. Yeah. So it's funny that you mentioned bush wrap. So um, the way I found about about you guys was through Glenn from Streeterfield. So I know he was yep. on the show. Mm. And um, so yeah, Glenn and I were fairly close in terms of from a from a you know business uh, point of view, business relationship. Um, Glenn's been super supportive and really helpful along the way. Um, I met Glenn through Detail Central. So Dan from Detail yep. Central were both certified with Angel Wax. Um, and um, so I actually, I know Glenn mentioned that he was a mobile detailer before and then he sold off his mobile side of things. So I'm, mm. I'm the one that bought his mobile side of things. Oh, wow. Um, or his client list. So yep. um, yeah, I'm taking care of that at the moment. And and the reason for that was uh, I was looking to expand and um, yeah, it was just one of those things to fill in the gaps. Um, you know, like I said, with, with you know, starting a business and um, not getting that sort of consistency of work at the start for the first six months, it was really good to fill in those little gaps where, you know, I might finish a big job and then have one day spare. And then, okay, well, like, you know, before having those mobile jobs, I'll, I'll kind of be sitting at the warehouse, twiddling my thumbs going, well, where's the next job going to come from? <laughs> but now with that mobile side of work has been really good. And um, that's sort of what's allowed me the opportunity to sort of already employ someone. Um, so like I said, I've got a full-time person working for me now. It's about uh, close to a month now that he started. So he used to work at a dealership as a car wash, um, as the car wash guy. And then, yep. um, but yeah, now he's, he's, you know, shown a lot of interest in sort of moving into the detailing side of things. So he's sort of 50, 50, um, in terms of, um, workload. And so he'll be sort of 50% on the road doing mobile detailing. And then the other 50% in the, in the studio with me working on paint corrections, ceramic coatings, that kind of stuff. So, um, no, it's been amazing. It's, um, yeah, really happy. To, like it's, he's been a really good fit for, for the business. Um, we work really well together. So yeah, it's been really good. Wow. I didn't even know that. Um, small world. Um, that's what I was going to say. So you're obviously still doing the mobile that's still running. And then are you going to keep that going? Or you reckon you'll scale back and just bring it all in house? Yeah, look, I don't know. Like, to be honest, like now that I've done mobile work, I have so much respect for mobile details. Mm. Um, like, you know, again, it's one of those things you don't know where you don't know. So when I start up a studio, you don't really think about all the things that mobile details would have to go through. So, you know, like for instance, being subject to weather. So if it starts raining, you know, all your jobs are canceled. So if you have a week worth of rain, there goes a week worth of income, you know? So um, that's been, that's, you know, for me, that was a massive sort of, even though I wasn't doing it full time, I had that studio still there, but, um, you know, I felt that on, on days as well, where, you know, I had a full week worth of jobs booked in mobile and then basically had to play it day by day, you know, based on the rain. And, and it was hard because, you know, the rain, you know, it's, uh, it might start raining in the morning and then you'll call up and, and cancel. And then half an hour later, it's, it's sunshine again. And you're going, Oh crap, you know, I could have done that job or, you know, and then, and then, Another half an hour later starts. And being in Melbourne, you know, there's, as they always say, it's four seasons in a day. It changes so quickly. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's super hard to plan. Um, so, yeah, massive respect to all the mobile detailers out there. It's um, 
I, I can respect and, and appreciate how much, you know, sort of all the hard work that they put in. So, but not only that sort of, yeah, working outdoors as well, whether it be out in the cold or, or out in the sun, um, you know, Melbourne winters are quite harsh, you know, so starting early morning at 8.30 a.m., you're doing, you know, two degrees outside and, you, and you're washing a car, you, you know, you're freezing um, with that wind. So, yeah, but um, to answer your question, yeah, look, I, I don't know whether I'd scale back. It's um, in, the, in the meantime, it, you know, it's, it's working for us. Um, so I, I'm not looking at building it so much that my priority is still on the studio um, to, to, to grow the studio side of things, whether it's ceramic coatings or, or PPF, hopefully in the future. Um, but yeah, the, the mobile side of things is just sort of keeping things ticking along, especially with the employees. So he takes care of all that at the moment. Um, and so, yeah, look, if, if we do get big enough, um, I'm looking at probably, you know, making us a, a full-time you know, detail in the studio and potentially hiring a third person as, as, you know, to take over his role as the mobile detailer, or alternatively, if we are busy enough in the studio completely, I might, you know, do what Glenn did and completely scrap it and sell like the client base as another detailer or yeah, undecided, but, you know, we'll take it again day by day and see how it all goes. It's a pretty cool model. It's something the best of both worlds. Cause my last episode, uh jared from platinum auto salon he we talked a lot about mobile and he said that's a great way to start to um to learn the craft and the ins and outs and then going into a studio in that way and um yeah you definitely get to learn a lot of um how detailing is with weather and especially in melbourne so that's that's perfect if you're too wet for mobile you can probably bring them back to your shop Exactly. And I think I've um, I've done it in reverse to a lot of detailers. Like you said, a lot of people start out as a mobile detailer, mm. work their way up, build their client base and everything, their experience, and then move into a studio. Whereas I kind of did it the other way around. I, I started off because I, I knew that I always wanted a studio. Um, and so mobile detailing, you know, when I first started was never in my sights, but it's sort of, like I said, it got to the point where I was like, yeah, look, it, it'll be beneficial. So sort of why not? Um, there was kind of no reason for me to not do it. Um, you know, I didn't, I didn't fully invest. I didn't get a caddy or a van. I just sort of made do with what I had and all the equipment that I had. Um, so I had a, I had a sort of golf hatchback and, you know, fit everything, you know, put the seats down and, um, yeah, look, it, it works, you know? So, um, yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. So there's no outlay. Huge outlay, yeah, like you didn't have another grab another car and stuff. No, so. no, yeah. Well, that's not too bad then. Um, talked about employees, so yeah, well, at least you got, at least you got one on board, and that's probably double income. Like you, you're in the shop, he's out mobile, doing cars, right. and you're you're yeah. in the shop doing the bigger stuff. So, no, that's cool. Um, daily challenges. How do you go day to day with you? What um challenges you got from day to day? Oh, made that range, you know, all the time. Um, I guess one of the, the things that I struggle with is, like I said, I am very meticulous with my work and like my, my I feel like my standard sometimes is almost too high. Um, you know, so when I'm working on a car, um, I feel like I'm almost chasing for perfection uh, with every car, you know, which is, which is, you know, not, not possible. Um, and like, again, that's something that I've sort of really been working on. I've, I've spoken to like a few detailers, even overseas, um, Ivan McCroy, I don't know if you've heard of him, mm, yep. is, um, and a few other ones, I've, I've forgotten their name now, but um, yeah, I sort of, I had a couple of sit downs with him and basically he always said that, you know, you have to look at this from a, a customer's point of view, um, you know, your customers aren't detailers. So, you know, they're not going to get on the ground with a torch looking for swirls like you are, you know, so um, at the end of the day, you're a business, you know, you're, you're, you're you know, trying to make money. And so if you're going to be spending, you know, 40 plus hours on a car, it's, it's, you know, it's not really beneficial for you as a business owner. 
Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm kind of, you know, trying to dial that back a little bit, you know, obviously still offering that quality that, that, you know, I want to offer and sort of that premium service and that high quality detailing. Um, but then at the same time, you know, not spending ridiculous amount of hours on a car. Um, so, you know, yeah. And I, I have noticed that from when I first started to where I am now that, you know, I've dramatically increased how fast I do a car um, without sort of compromising on quality. Like I said, my, my first and foremost priority is always quality and delivering, you know, a, a good outcome for the customer. Um, and yeah, I've never had a bad review, never had, you know, a car come back and say, you know, um, this, you know, you've missed this, you've done that. So um, like I said, I, before I hand over a car, I always look at it from a customer's perspective as well. You know, I'll, I'll sit back and I'll have a look at a car and go, if I paid X amount for this, would I be happy with it? Um, and yeah, and, and unless I say yes to that question every time, then I'm not going to do the car. So if I have to call the customer and say, hey, you know, it's, it has to be a day late, whatever it may be. Not that it's ever happened, but if I had to, I would. Um, but yeah, I always sort of make sure that the car and the quality of the cars is first and foremost. But um, yeah, as a, as a daily challenge, it's just sort of um, accepting that there's some things that just can't be achieved, um, you know, sort of, yeah. I'd have to agree with that one. I'm, I was in the same boat trying to get absolute perfection and they're not you're sort of not paying for a, like a two-stage correction Correct. and you're just trying to do everything and and then like i see your lighting and then in mine like you see everything and then you take it out and you go well they're not going to see this outside anyway and you think exactly but, yeah um and that's sort of where i've had to sort of scale back a little bit going I'm, yeah you want perfection but you just got to you are running a business so you can't go too crazy unless they're happy to pay for it but um I always say I could probably spend more time on it, but you're not going to see the difference in that. To me, in my eye, I could spend more time. To the customer, they're not going to notice where exactly. the extra five hundred dollars or so went. They're like, I don't know where that went. <laughs> so, yeah, couldn't agree more. Yeah. Um, sounds like uh, old Detail Central down there is keeping you boys stocked up. So, um, are you in? What are your products? I can probably guess yeah, already. Yeah, no, Dan's been amazing. He's been uh, definitely a mentor of mine. So he was one of my first point of contact when I started. Um, I reached out to Dan. Um, one of the reasons why was the um, my RS3 was coded in kamikaze um, and I loved it. So the detailer that I went through, he wasn't a kamikaze certified detailer. So he just used the entry level one, Miyabi. So my car was coded with Miyabi and ISM 2.0, um, like a dual layer kind of coding. Um, yeah, just performed really well on a, on a black car. It was super glossy. You know, hydrophobics were amazing. Um, yeah, really, really easy to clean and maintain. So I, um, I, I really wanted to be kamikaze certified. And so I reached out to Dan and he basically said, look, it's probably not going to happen. Um, I pretty much maxed out my kamikaze certified um, detailers, you know, in Victoria and across all the states. Um, they have a limit and a quite, a, quite a small limit at that. Um, they want to kind of keep it fairly exclusive. So I was like, okay, fair enough. Um, but he goes, look, it's, um, I'm also, I'm looking for certified details for, for Angel Wax, um, you know, really, really good brand, um, very bespoke and boutique um, out of UK, Scotland. And um, yeah, so I was like, okay, cool. So again, like I said, I love trialing products. So I've got a whole bunch of their stuff and um, yeah, started you. So my, my first products when I started the business was Angel Wax. Um, so I was using their entry-level legacy coding. Uh, for all my cars um yeah really good so this is a, a one-year coding really easy to use so for any details that are starting out i highly recommend sort of trying that um you know if you're looking at certifications um you know or just something to easy to use yeah angel wax really good um yeah you know decent quality for what it is um and but yeah they, they sort of have a lot of products so um one of my sort of compounds one of my main compounds that i use uh, for polishing is, is angel wax as well so they have you know your heavy medium and fine cut 
um, and just like their, their maintenance watch products are really good. So, and then, uh, well, I think end of last year or the start of this year, I got certified with Angel Wax. So I did the Angel Wax Genesis training course. Um, and that's sort of where um, Glenn, one of Glenn's employees, Shane from there, he also did that certification. So we did the training together. Um, and yeah, so that was really good. So Angel Wax is one of the only ones that I know of that actually has a physical training. I know a lot of other places, uh, other brands, they, they just sort of... Um, certify you without training i guess i'll kind of talk through the technique or whatever it may be but mm. angel wax is one of the only ones that i know of that actually you know you have to do a training before getting that certification um, which i thought was pretty cool so yeah we did a, a training at detail central where they showed you exactly how to apply the coding um how it works you know all the different coding lines and talk about you know a little bit about sort of pricing and business development um so yeah very insightful very good um so yeah very grateful very fortunate to sort of be a part of that angel wax program with dan um, but yeah, like I said, Dan's been a, a massive sort of supporter and mentor for me from the beginning. Anytime I had any issues, I'd always he'd almost be my first point of contact. I'd always call him and say, hey, Dan, like I've run into this issue. What should I do? Or, or how should I approach this? And yeah, it's always been a sort of help and guide me. Um, yeah, and Dan's the kind of guy, he keeps it real. You know, he, he doesn't tell you what you want to hear. He tells you what you need to hear. Um, I remember when I first started, as I mentioned again, I love buying stuff. And so I remember my first trip to Detail Central, I was looking, I was like, yep, yeah, I, I put a whole stack of stuff onto, onto his bench top and getting this. And he's like, why are you getting this backing plate? And I said, oh, it looks cool. It's a Kamikaze backing plate. He goes, mate, you don't need it. You just started. He's like, you're going to do more harm than good. He's like, it's, you know, give yourself some time, you know, work on work on actually polishing first. And then, you know, I might look at selling it to you. So he's one of those guys, like, you know, he's not trying to make money out of you. He's, um, yeah, he's there to sort of really help you. So that's been amazing. Um, but yeah, and also, um, for no, no real particular reason, I, I wanted to be certified with two brands just to sort of have a point of difference. Um, and again, so I, I tried a lot of different products and Gion really stood out for me. Um, even before I sort of went into the detailing as a business, um, I used to use Gion quite a lot as my maintenance products for the RS3. And um, yeah, just really impressed with their their ease of use and, and the performance of the products. Um, one in particular, wet coat. I used to use wet coat, like yeah. you know, it's like yeah, it was amazing. And um, so yeah, I reached out to. I found out that was sort of through car care products. I reached out to Mike, and um, yeah, so again, really fortunate that they they accepted me as a as a to be certified with them. And uh, I think at the moment I'm one of three or one of four in Victoria, Gion certified. So there's not too many of us down here, mm. um, which is again, I, I, I quite like that exclusivity. Um, you know, there's so, um, you know, not to say like competition, but there's, you know, it's where we're sort of fairly spaced between each other. And so if there is any referrals, there's no sort of competition as to who gets it. Um, but yeah, again, the Gion coatings are, are amazing. So um, as you would know, being a Gion certified detailer that they launched their new Evo line, Yep. Uh, at the start of the year so yeah using using that's been really really good so prior to that there were obviously the the, the two system with the mose and duraflex um where you had to sort of the two coatings but now sort of being a single layer coating um makes life so much easier um but again yeah just all the their, their whole product line has been really really good yeah yeah i oh that's it's all i've used from day dot like i had the geon enthusiast ones you'd go to car care products same thing i'd buy everything and try it all and yeah, it worked. And then, yeah, but I, I never had any sort of Geon training. Um, they believe that I could obviously install. So, yeah, that sort of helped my way. But I was always chasing that certified bit. But, yeah, um, didn't have, like, the shop front. So that was another box I had to sort of tick. But um, we overcome that. So, yeah, I, I, I love their products and that's 
that's all I know. I'm sticking to them for now. So I think that's one of the biggest selling point is their ease of use. So even their, yeah. their professional range, um, as long as you sort of follow the guideline, the leaflet in, in the products, you can't really go wrong. Um, yeah. And like I said, so for me, when I first started using it, I was almost, um, I didn't have high expectations because of how easy it was to use. Usually um, not even just sort of confined to detailing anything in this world. If something's easy to use, you generally think it's not going to be the best performance. Um, but it's almost the opposite with Gion. They're like, they're honestly one of the, the best coatings that I've seen. So, I've, you know, I've been with the mobile side of things. I've, I've coded a few of the mobile clients um, with the, with the Gion line as well. So, you know, every week I get to, every fortnight, whatever it is, I go out to them. I get to see how the car's performing. And um, one of the early cars that is probably been about six months now, still performing. I know it's not a very long time, but still like it's uh, performing like it's been day one, um, you know, beating, looks amazing. Yeah, really, really good. Mm. Yeah, no, I can vouch for that. It's good when you do the coating and you can see it coming back as as dual maintenance washes on it. You can see how it is performing and you go, well, that's good and that's not bad. Um, and that sort of helped with me probably refine my actual product listing at the moment. So I had a lot of enthusiast stuff, nothing wrong with it, but I've sort of just gone back to the certified line only, only for, so there's not many in South Australia. I think I might be this, the second or the third here. So the rest are in Adelaide. They're like four and a half hours away. So yeah. I'm sort of, and that's sort of what I like with Gion as well. It's not like the G Technics and stuff. Um, nothing against that, but yeah, like you say, same with Angel Wax um, and all them other brands. So I think it's good. Yeah. Um, what's uh, oh, you probably know a little bit about the culture down there. You're obviously touched on it a fair bit. You you're friends with a lot of other guys in in the industry. Yeah, 100%. Like I said, so Glenn's been amazing. So we sort of bounce a lot of ideas off each other and, you know, I'll sort of touch base with him. And sometimes when I, because he's quite close to Detail Central, um, literally down the road. So, you know, sometimes when I'm popping into Detail Central to restock, I'll, I'll stop by there to say hi to the boys, see how they're going. Um, really cool setup, really cool studio. So they're building sort of, they just built the mezzanine. Um, yeah, they've got a pretty, like, you know, really nice lighting bay and stuff. So, yeah, and no, I really have to see how they're going. Um, another guy, he... Um, He's in Darwin, I believe, um, Western Australia. So alchemy detailing. Um, so a quick funny story. So when I first started the business, when I, when I decided that I want to start a detailing business, um, I always knew that I wanted to call my business alchemy detailing. Um, I've always loved the word alchemy. Um, growing up, I was a bit of a Harry Potter fan and uh, always just sort of love magic. And so the word alchemy uh, means turning iron into gold, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, something along those lines and, and, and another side of it is um, one of my sort of favourite songs is called Alchemy and um, so yeah just love the word and it, it just sounds phonetically phonetically sounds really good so it's like Alchemy Detailing and um, so when I started I googled Alchemy Detailing and I found it was taken yeah. I was like, oh, and I was just shattered I was like you know I had that name in my head for such a long time and I was thinking on ways around it, like, you know, he's, he's in, um, what do you call it? He's in, you know, WA, I'm in, I'm in Melbourne, maybe it's okay if I, you know, if I get his permission or whatever, maybe. But the more I thought about it, the more I'm like, well, no, like it's, you know, there is already an alchemy detailer in Australia, like I can't use that name. Yeah. Um, and I thought it'd be funny if I just sort of touch base with him and go, hey, mate, you know, I really wanted to call my business alchemy detailing, but, you know. Um, you know, you've taken my name and blah, blah, blah. But yeah, it's uh, Paul from Alchemy Detailing and uh, he's been amazing. So again, he's been uh, somewhat of a mentor for me as well. So he's been doing detailing for quite a while. Um, his Kamikaze certified through Dan from Detail Central as well, I found out. 
Um, but yeah, so when I, I messaged him on Instagram and just sort of gave him that quick little story of how I wanted to call it alchemy detailing. And um, he replied back and said, oh, hey, mate, you know, like, you know, super awesome to hear your story and uh, sorry that I've taken your intended name. Um, <laughs> yeah, if you ever wanted to have a quick chat, more than happy to sort of take some time out. I was like, oh, cool. And um, yeah, he gave me his mobile number and um, yeah, sort of, sort of he told me his story, which is super inspiring. So it's a very, very similar story where he used to be in a, in a professional sort of services job um, working in an office and then, you know, sort of uh unforeseen circumstances lost his job and uh, basically yeah sort of made the move into detailing and you know he just said that um yeah like explained his journey for me and it was like i said really inspiring and really kind of um gave me sort of that motivation that i needed to sort of continue to pursue my dream and my passions um so and again so he's you know sort of been there for me anytime i had any sort of particular questions that someone else couldn't answer i'd give paul a call and um yeah he's always happy to help out so yeah but the culture i find you know a lot of details are more than happy to help um you know it's a very supportive sort of network of community here um so yeah no it's, it's been really good no, that's cool. Um, how did you get your name, Artim? Um, so for one of the, um, so I, I was saying to you, I used to work, I used to live in Brisbane. So for the accounting firm that I worked in Brisbane had a marketing division as well, where they do website development and uh, marketing and that sort of stuff. So um, I was fairly close with the director that started that firm. And um, when I started the business, I reached out to him. And uh, so he helped along with the whole website and branding thing. And um yeah, we, we sort of, you know, sort of brainstormed a few name ideas um, and threw it out there. And then um, so he presented Artim to me. And as soon as I saw it, I was like, yeah, like that's the one. It just kind of something clicked. Um, it just it just really resonated with me. So Artim is the Latin word for artistry. Um, so I've always sort of seen detailing as an art form. Um, you know, it's, uh, you know, I feel like it takes precision and skill and, you know, just, yeah, a lot of time and effort. You know, it's not something that you can willy-nilly and just, you know, throw around a polisher and expect good work it's um you know you really need to be focused and and into it and um yeah so like i said i've always seen it as as an art form so i thought it was just a really cool name and um yeah no nice can you explain i know in your video you, you um your wording around um it was like a japanese word it was oh, like ikigai. Four, iki, that one yeah can you explain yeah. that one for people who so, haven't seen it um, Yeah, like I said, I'm still sort of always on this path of sort of self-development and self-improvement. Um, so a, a big sort of um, online influencer that I follow is Jay Shetty. He's, uh, he used to be a monk and now he's, um, yeah, just an influencer. Um, and so he does a lot of motivational videos and he talks about this term called Ikigai. So it's, um, it's, it's a Japanese word. Um, it basically, it means the reason, a reason for being or, or your passion or your purpose. So, uh, Ikigai is when you find the intersect of four things, uh, what you love, what you're good at, what the world needs and what you can get paid for. Um, so, you know, when you find that intersect between those four things, you find your Ikigai, your reason for being um and so like i said I, I spent a long time you know when i was in accounting trying to find you know what my passion was like and and i always asked when i was like you know like yeah like you know as any sort of kid you know you love gaming you love you know just whatever cars and i was like but how can i make something like that into my passion that actually pays money that pays for the bills mm. um and yeah like you know i just kept kept thinking kept thinking and then um yeah, like once I got my car detailed and once I did that sort of training course, I was like, hey, like, you know, I genuinely enjoy this. Like I actually uh, look forward to, you know, washing my cars on the weekend, cleaning it, um, as do a lot of car enthusiasts, you know. And um, yeah, I was kind of, you know, I like I said, I and it was one of those things, it's very unlike me. Like I said, like I grew up with, um, you know, sort of being ingrained in me to have sort of job security and financial security. Um, so for me to quit my job and not sort of have 
anything to fall into was a massive step and it, and it did take a long time when i say it took a long time it, it was a long time coming but the actual decision for me to quit my job was quite like sort of sudden um like i said there was no no plan it's not like we've been planning it for months and then go okay like i'll quit my job now because we've you know like done the branding and whatever else like we had nothing um and so yeah quit my job and just because because we had a newborn i had about a month off where i didn't really do anything just spent time at home and um yeah and then like i said with my wife we started brainstorming on sort of what we want to do how we wanted to look so we started looking for a premises um and that's when i found out about the whole wash pay thing and sort of had to figure out how to you know deal with that and um so yeah so yeah that's crazy still um <clears throat> how do you go with I talked about in the other episode about work-life balance. Now, is it is it better than what it was before? Like with I know with the um, newborn and that now, and another one on the way. But sounds of it, um, is that better now with what when you were accounting or? Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. So um, when I sort of quit my job as an accountant, I was um, one of their senior accountants there. So yeah, I, I did sort of do quite a lot of over hours, um, and and it's just one of those things in that industry, it's, it's just a expectation almost for you to sort of, you know, do those sort of uh, overtime hours just to sort of meet demands and, and make sure that the work is completed. Um, so work-life balance is a massive thing for me, uh, for both my wife and I. Um, yeah, we're pretty big on sort of, you know, um, having time for yourself, having time for family. Um, so yeah, having this business as hard as it is, like I said, that's been one of the biggest benefits is that work-life balance and that sort of freedom that I get. Um, I've been able to sort of go to my son's swimming lesson and, or, or, you know, go home early or, and so I'm, I'm essentially my own boss. You know, I can, I can come in early and finish early, or I can come in late, finish, you know, I can sort of do whatever it may be, but, um, yeah, I, I, I don't work weekends. I don't, I generally don't work past 5 PM. Um, so yeah, it's been really, really good. No, that's good. Very nice. Um, talked about Glenn's lighting. What about your lighting? It where did that tunnel come from? That looks pretty cool in your shop. Yeah. So I feel like I was I wouldn't say late to the trend, but you know I'd seen quite a lot of details with that. Um, and I took a lot of inspiration from a lot of other detailing studios that had that lighting. Um, so again, I shopped around. I ended up getting that from. Um, I reached out to one of the manufacturers in China and um, got that shipped here and um, had one of the one of one of the electricians um, wire up for me. So. Yeah, it is really nice. It is really helpful, especially for coatings. Um, um, but again, with with the workshop, it's con there's so much stuff I want to do with the workshop. Um, you know, like I wanted to sort of have the floors either epoxy or put in um, Swiss track tiling. I wanted to paint the walls black. I wanted to go down a similar path as Glenn did and, and have a mezzanine. Um, but again, all these things are just money, 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 money. Yeah, so yeah. this is something that you sort of you know, got to take your time with. And um, yeah, I, I guess there are probably a few things that I would have done differently if I had my time again in terms of the workshop layout. Again, I I, I wouldn't say I rushed it, but I, um, you know, I, I sort of did a few things with the layout of the shop that I, you know, sort of later on changed and I'll go, oh, like, well, I shouldn't have got this. Well, I don't need that. Um, so sort of lesson learned. So now moving forward, I'm trying to take my time with things and, and really sort of plan it out and, and think, you know, what what will be the best layout for, for the studio. So no, no, it looks cool. No, very impressive. Um, do some motorbikes as well, by the looks. Um, yeah, haven't done too much of that. So um, one of the main ones that we did was um, we teamed up with Rev Moto Australia. So they're a, a giveaway oh, yeah. um, that, that gives away bikes that um, with um, entries that, you know, you buy tickets and, and you know, you might win that bike. So um, they reached out to me. So their videographer that they use, um, 
uh, I, I was mates with him and he he suggested that it would be really cool to shoot the bike in the studio. And so they reached out and said, hey, mate, would you be interested in sort of doing a bit of a promo thing? We, you know, we can do a couple of videos and, you know, help promo you. And I said, yeah, mate, more than happy to. So, um, yeah, we teamed up with them and it was pretty cool. We worked on the Yamaha R1M. Um, they've actually got another giveaway that just started. Um, I think it's the Ducati. I honestly can't tell you. I'm not much of a bike guy, but yeah, all I know is it's a pretty cool Ducati. Um, so they yeah messaged me again, so that they would love to sort of um, do something similar and get a couple of videos in the studio. So yeah, no, definitely, I definitely want to sort of get into bikes. Um, I've always sort of considered you know sort of getting my bike license, but yeah, you know, just with lack of time, never had the chance to. But you know, that's something that I might looking at doing it uh, in future. Hmm. Nah, they're good fun. Um, very, you can spend as just much time on a bike than a car, really, from my experience. Yeah, exactly. Um, probably only new to the industry. What, what can you have you noticed already that we could improve on as, as a whole? You reckon, in the industry? For, um, I guess, as a, as a nationwide thing in Australia, there's no sort of governing body or sort of institution or association that there's like as, as a one piece. So, um, you know, we don't really have a detailing convention here. Like, you know, all the brands like Gion and G technique and wherever else they're all overseas. So you see, um, the SEMA show in, in us that, that happens all the time. And it'd be really cool if we had something like that in Australia where all the brands sort of got together, had a bit of an expo. Um, so yeah, we'd really love to see, some sort of governing body or institution sort of formed or created where um, I guess, you know, you could almost formalize and have them do like a training course for, you know, sort of up, up and coming detailers. Um, yeah. Just something, I guess, along those lines would be really cool. Um, Cause yeah, when you're starting out and you're trying to find, you know, sort of getting training, there's so many, I mean, places that offer, but you don't know, you know, who, like, like you know, you don't know who's good, like who's a good trainer. Cause there's just um, essentially businesses doing their training. So, um, you could, you could, you know, if you're unfortunate, find a, a really bad sort of detail and learn all the sort of bad skills from them and then adopt that into your business and you wouldn't know any better because that's what you, what you, you know, were taught. But if you had uh, sort of a governing body, um, that'd be pretty helpful, I guess. Yeah. I think it's the IDA, it's called um, International Detail yeah. Association. So yeah, yeah I'd, it doesn't seem there's too much interest in that these days. Not that I'd I'm an expert of it, but from what I hear on other pods, yeah, that's sort of lacking the interest in that um, and being sort of a member of that. So, but yeah, I think we are lacking like a convention. I know there was a big one in in uh, Frankfurt uh, last week or something, mm -hmm. Auto Mexico or whatever you call it. <laughs> I probably got that wrong, but yeah, that's like the SEMA. Um, and that was huge by the looks of everything on YouTube and stuff. So yeah, it'd be pretty cool to have one over here, I think. And, and to bring everyone from the industry together and, um, the ones in America, yeah, they, they have like, um, big, like parties the night before it and, and during it and stuff like that. So, um, it'd be a big thing to get the, um, industry together. I think so. And I think detailing is growing. I think there's more like almost awareness for it like people understand it and appreciate it and you know understand sort of how much work goes into it but um you know a lot of my clients that bring their cars in um you know they always say oh yeah look you know, i'd never do it through a dealership and i think that sort of education um people sort of understand sort of that yeah it's not just about slapping on a coating or whatever it may be there's a lot of preparation work that goes into it um which you know preparation is key is yep definitely yeah. there's a lot of prep for yeah the the coating time not too long, but then there's a lot of prep before it to, to make right. it work. So, <clears throat> and people don't see that. Um, 
So my five questions, I've, um, I've upgraded them to six questions now. I've called them the, the six-stage questions. And um, so we'll start off with our um, the usual ones. I've thrown one more in there. Um, so what was your first ever detailing job? I didn't have one. So um, for, for Hatim, I guess you could say, um, yeah. So just, um, yeah, like never, never really sort of had a job. Just sort of, like I said, dived in the deep end and started my own thing. What was a, did you have a car, like a first car that you sort of remember doing from a family member or were you first? Um, yeah, it would be our be, um, Tiguan. So we, we, when, just before we, um, my wife gave birth to our first one, um, we upgraded the um, her car to a VW Tiguan. And um, that was, yeah, once, uh, once the little one was born um, and once we had the studio set up, that was one of the first cars that, that I brought into the studio to work on. Oh, nice. The family car. Yeah. <laughs> um, favorite polisher? What's your... Um... Ooh, this is a hard one. Um, it's, I'm, I'm going through, I, if you asked me this probably six months ago, I would have said roots. Um, but at the moment I'm really sort of getting to flex. So the only reason is I've had about two or three roots now, um, break on me. Um, so my first one was, uh, the, what do you, what do you call it? The 15 millimeter five inch polisher. Yep. Um, yeah, that's sort of, I've been, I've sent that back for repairs twice now. And now it's just it on me again. Um, I had the six inch break on me as well. So Mm-hmm. Roops is really good when it works, but yeah. um, I'll find that they're not super reliable or sort of the, the longevity of it. But um, Flex, um, again, Detail Center is a, sells, sells Flex. So um, I've, I've got a couple of Flex now and they're really good. It's, they're very different machines in terms of uh, ergonomics. So the way you hold them. So I was taught using um, with Roops. So I got really used to it and, and it was really comfortable. But, um, with Flex, it has a much sort of wider grip at the, at the top. Um, so it took a bit of getting used to, but now that I'm, I'm quite, you know, comfortable with it. Yeah. So probably flex. No, nice. Um, ceramic or PPF? What's Ooh. your favorite? Well, well, I mean, I can't really speak on ceramic. You know, I, you know, don't have too much to do with it at the moment, but um, yeah, I think there's a place for both. It depends on sort of what you use your car for. Um, ceramic is really good for sort of um, keeping the car glossy and, and clean and shiny self-maintenance, but it doesn't protect from stone chips and all that mm. kind of stuff. So for like actual protection, I'd say PPF, but for everyday cars that just want to, you know, sort of easier maintenance and, and the cars will look good, uh, ceramic. Yep. Um, favorite detailing tool or product so far that you've, you're a big fan of? Uh, wet coat yeah one of of my favorites it's so easy to use and and so good um another alternative that is um nano skins nano shock it's a spray wax sealant um so very similar to wet coat but it's not a spray on rinse off it's a spray on wipe off um it's um yeah really slick like once you wipe it makes it super slick um yeah really really good product yep yeah i agree with wet coat i now buy that in bulk because that's (laughs) that gets used it's just yeah i just not long used it so um on wheels um there's probably a good one um you probably might have something for everyone biggest tip for any detailer starting out biggest tip uh, i mean i probably i don't have one tip it, it probably just like stick with it. I think that's probably the, the biggest thing is it, it takes time. You can't mm. rush it. 
um, you know, if you're committed, um, you know, sort of do whatever you need to do to, to sort of see it through. Um, I know it's, you know, there's been so many times where I've questioned like, you know, oh crap, like it's, you know, like, why am I doing this? Cause you know, like I said, there has been a lot of challenges, but um, you know, they, everything sort of works itself out eventually, you know, you either, if you make a mistake, whatever, whether it be with a customer's car, or whether you, you know, you made a wrong decision in the business um, it's, it's, it's never a mistake. If you learn something from it, it's, it becomes a lesson. Um, so yeah, I guess the biggest thing is just, yeah, really stick with it back yourself, believing yourself and, um, yeah. What about a good, good accountant? Does that help? <laughs> good accountant helps too. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, and also your interests outside of DHL and what do you like to do in your time off? Um, I was really big on jujitsu. Um, right. so when I moved to Melbourne, um, because like when, like, so when my wife and I moved here, um, we actually had never been to Melbourne. So we don't have any family or friends down here. We, it was just, um, we wanted to change the scenery. So we moved down here and then something to keep myself occupied. I, I was like, you know, I used to go to gym a little bit. Um, but I was like, I kind of, you know, sort of got bored of that. And then I wanted to find, I've always been interested in martial arts. And um, yeah, so a cousin, my, my cousin Jade was, um, got into jujitsu and he'd always sort of, you know, uh, call me and say, hey, come along and, and try it out. You'd really like it. And, and so I was like, you know what, I'll, I'll give it a go. So when I came, moved up to Melbourne, I found a jujitsu place near me and um, yeah, really, really loved it. So it's been unfortunate. I like just with new business, with the little one, um, haven't had much time to go train lately, but yeah, really loved jujitsu. Um, really good sort of for like mental side of things. It's really something where you can sort of shut off and, and just sort of forget about, you know, the world almost for that hour where you're on the mats and just training. Um, yeah, I really, really enjoyed that. Wow. No, it's interesting. Does that replace the gym? Yeah. 100%. Yeah. 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 I'm not a fan of gyms, but. <laughs> oh, well, that's, that's about it really. That's much else to, you want to talk about? Not really, mate. No, it's been no. a pleasure, mate. It's um, yeah, no, really cool to see you start this up and I really hope that it takes off and you get some, there's a lot of people out there. I can, like I said, a lot of good details are there. So it'd be really cool to see some, you know, uh, yeah, you've already had some really like awesome podcasts. So yeah, I'll definitely follow and, and keep updated. So I um, mm. wish you and the, and the podcast all the best as well. No, thanks for that. Yeah. We, we sort of started off pretty high. I probably wasn't expecting that, but um, the feedback's been really good and everyone keeps messaging me and, giving me ideas as well. So that that's all um, good. So I'm, I'm up for any feedback, positive, negative. So um, that's sort of where some of the questions, trying to mix it up. Um, but yeah, we talk about anything really. And um, yeah, so if anyone else looking to come on, um, yeah, I'm trying to chase down some um, product companies as well. Um, I'm working on one at the moment. So yeah, there's a few of them have been a bit tied up with overseas work. So um, once that all calms down, we'll, we'll try and get some of them on and mix it up with products as well and yeah so that'd be awesome yeah 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 no it's going well i'm um it's been a bit of work but like i said on my last um one about myself yeah it was it's full on but we do what we can do and um make it happen and keeping it weekly and punching out some of these pods it it always helps so yeah exactly it mate yeah so all right well uh we've all better go and do some work so um thanks for your time and thank um, you for having me mate and um yeah appreciate it no, nah, no dramas at all. So, yeah, thanks, everyone. Um, yeah, tune in uh, next week. We'll have another guest on as well. So we're getting them going again. And, um, yeah, if you like, share, and subscribe the pod as well, that also helps. And um, give us a rating. I know Apple, you can do ratings. I'm not sure about Spotify. I'm a bit foreign to that. But, um, yeah, it also helps get us get us out there and share to everyone else, your mates, and uh, 
yeah, so I shared it on my Facebook on my business one, and um, yeah, it shocked quite a few people that I actually can am doing a pod because yeah, I'm not huge on talking or on stuff like that, and yeah, people were like didn't think I had it in me, but either did I. But we'll see. <laughs> it's going all right so far. So, but yeah, all right, we'll wrap it up and. Uh, Thanks for your time, and um, we'll talk again next week. Thank you. That was another episode of the Detailing Down Under podcast. Subscribe now for everything auto detailing in Australia.